0: DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha, presents Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. Pope Francis, in his encyclical letter, Lumen Fidehi, The Light of Faith, said that Face past, the act of Jesus' love which brought new life to the world, comes down to us through the memory of others, witnesses, and is kept alive in that one remembering subject, which is the Church. The Church is a mother who teaches us to speak the language of faith. In that spirit, this series of conversations with Archbishop Lucas brings the many aspects of the Catholic faith and why it matters, not only to the individual, but also to families, communities, and the world at large. Why it matters. An Exploration of Faith with Archbishop George Lucas. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. In this episode, we continue our conversation on why baptism matters. The Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us, quote, From the time of the apostles, becoming a Christian has been accomplished by a journey and initiation in several stages. This journey can be covered rapidly or slowly, but certain essential elements will always have to be present. Proclamation of the Word, acceptance of the Gospel entailing conversion, profession of faith, baptism itself, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and admission to Eucharistic communion. Where infant baptism has become the form in which this sacrament is usually celebrated, It has become a single act encapsulating the preparatory stages of Christian initiation in a very abridged way. By its very nature, infant baptism requires a post-baptismal catechumenate. In our discussions, Archbishop Lucas will help us to understand the reason for infant baptisms in the life of the Church the vital role the parents have in nurturing baptismal grace in the hearts of their children, and how godparents, grandparents, and the entire parish community contribute to the life of faith of the newly baptized child. Can't help but recall your motto that you chose when you became the Archbishop of Omaha, and that is grace and mercy. And baptism in a very real way is an extraordinary expression of just that, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, we experience both of those things in baptism. It's part of the reason why I chose that when I became a bishop in 1999. Just to, It, for me, encapsulates God's way of operating in our lives, you, you might say. We're poor sinners, sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, and separated from God because of the effect of, of sin. Uh, God's not satisfied. With that state of affairs, that was never his original plan. It's not his deep desire for us, that he hasn't created us for death. He's created us for life. And so he extends his grace to us. The free gift That's what grace means. It's got a sign of God's favor for us, which we can't earn. And then, sadly, our experiences through our lives, often many times, we don't cooperate with grace. We, we don't value that gift. We reject it. And then God's mercy is kind of a second grace, we could say. To forgive our failings, our selfishness, our willfulness, and extend the favor of of life uh, to us again.
0: In that response to that great gift that he gives us, as an adult, someone who's fully conscious and aware of what you're doing, that saying yes to that gift is very important. And there would be some who would say, should that not be saved then? for adulthood or sometime a time of reason. Why does baptizing an infant then matter?
1: It's a long tradition. It goes back to the first generations of the church. We think that infants would be brought to the font for baptism. It's not the only time or the only way to do it. And in some ways, I think we have to admit it makes a little less sense now than it might have 100 years ago. That's uh, not to say we shouldn't do it. It's an important thing to explore a little bit. For the church to extend the gift of baptism, the life of membership in the church to, to someone who can't cooperate with that or choose it for himself or herself, an, an infant, presumes that there is a, a very strong community of believers into which the child is being incorporated. It begins first with the parents, so with the, the physical household in which the child is living and, and will be raised, and then the extended family the larger community, the parish, however we might experience that. That's never a perfect experience of the Christian community. That doesn't exist. So we're we're not saying that in order for a child to be baptized, the parents have to have the perfect marriage or the perfect family. But if there is no living experience of the faith in the marriage and the household of those who are bringing the child, then it makes a little less sense, as I said, to think that, that this is the moment when baptism should be offered. Uh, to that person. We know that the baptism is effective, and so it does something good. It l- does, in fact, uh, remove original sin and incorporate the child into the community of believers. God makes the same announcement, we might say, of his plan for that child, even as he would have to little John Paul II, little Carol Wojtyla, that that his plan for that infant is that he or she become a saint. That all remains true. But I think the church's um, sense of why that could be a good thing at the time of infancy is that there is a rich soil where that seed of faith is being planted so that as the child grows, they can continue to grow as a son or daughter of the Heavenly Father, grow as a disciple of Jesus, and that they're, the members of the church are taking responsibility to see that that will be possible for, th- yeah. for that person.
0: Just the incomprehensible nature of grace in many ways you just never know and that sanctifying grace that becomes a very part of the person would you say that the parents when they come to the doors of that church and they bring their child for baptism the opportunity to be able to have that relationship there's an authority that the parents have just by the nature that the child has been entrusted in their care except that opportunity
1: sure it's an opportunity uh, but it's also a responsibility for our parents I think, again, I was baptized as an infant. I'm very grateful to God and to my parents that, that that was possible for me. So I'm not talking against the practice at all. But it is important that in the community of believers, we work with parents to help them understand both what is being offered to, for the child, but also what's being asked of them, what's what's being expected of them. They, as I said, they don't have to be perfect in, in terms of, of living their faith, but they should be actively on the pilgrimage of faith and, and want to bring their child along with them parents want to give all kind of good things for, to their children and they make sacrifices to do that and faith is the best thing that this relationship with god the best thing a parent could provide faith is god's gift of course but it's clear that and, and we say it in, in different ways in the sacramental rites both for marriage and for the baptism of, of an infant that god wants to partner with parents as they're open to the gift of new life in their family, that that the gift of eternal life also be the desire of parents for their children and and that they not want it some kind of a superficial way, but they want it in wanting it, desire to support it and nurture it.
0: It's quite an awesome thing in any of the rites of the church. When I talk about the liturgy of the church, whether it's in baptism, confirmation, even in Eucharist, marriage, holy orders, the yes that we make, the vows that we make before Almighty God, whether it's at the altar or at that baptismal font, there the vow of the Christian yes. Uh, it's not just a, an action that we do to put on a show or to sign a contract. A vow is... An everlasting type of thing, isn't it, Archbishop?
1: We're um, deciding to allow our lives to be shaped according to God's plan for us and to accept the grace of the sacraments means we're allowing God to help us grow into the people that we have been created to be. So it's a commitment on our part to respond, to live in in a certain way. Again, we recall the, the plan of God that's revealed at baptism, that what we're saying yes to is something that means life for us, even though we can't understand always in the details how that's going to be possible. But we put our faith in the action of God and in God's love for us. So God's not so much placing demands on us that we have to fulfill, although to respond to God's invitation to have life in him is demanding. (laughs) But we place those demands, those responsibilities on ourselves when we say yes to what God is inviting us to experience.
0: In the... Baptismal rite, even when we look at the reception of the child, of, a, of an infant, and the parents come forward immediately, they're actually greeted at the door by the priest or, or the deacon. They're at the door, according to the rite, with godparents, with those that they have chosen to accompany this child along the way. The role of the godparent is extraordinarily important is it not
1: it, uh, it's designed to be again I think sometimes we don't take it seriously enough we, we want to honor somebody in the family which is not a bad thing but the, really the Godparents along with the parents represent the Christian community the baptism is a, the first of the sacraments of initiation in this case the child who's being baptized is being brought into not just being put on the rolls but being brought into a living community of believers so the since the child can't come and ask for baptism, himself or herself, that is brought by the parents and godparents. They come to the church, which is a building, of course, but in our tradition, the stones, the structure of the physical church, all that reminds us of the living stones, the living body of Christ, living church, into which the one being baptized is welcomed.
0: It is significant, too, the the role of grandparents. There's nothing quite... Not to negate the grandfather, but there's nothing like those grandmothers who really have particular care. And Maybe it's the the time in their life or whatever it is to help nurture the faith of the child.
1: Everybody has a role. And the dynamic in each family is a little bit different. But you're right. I I often hear people talk about the experiences they would have had with their grandmothers in terms of prayer or uh, going to mass or taking care of. The sick, or something, you know, where they really could see a living manifestation of life in Christ, and it was experienced by that person all as good and positive, very, very influential. Grandparents have an influence on us in a way immediate way that parents can. Our parents have to worry about our safety and that we that we're clean and have our homework done and that sort of thing, which to us, when we're kids, can sometimes seem like you know an imposition. It's all done out of love, of course, but but grandparents they're one degree removed from those responsibilities and experience their love but also their faith in a way that can be very powerful, but we don't want to minimize either the role of of godparents, and it's really in a sense the godparents' initiative as years go on, you know whether they will have an influence and a place in the life of their godchild. I had a beautiful experience myself of my godparents as I was growing up; they were friends of my Mom and Dad, they weren't relatives, but my godfather was a friend of my dad's, and my godmother was a friend of my mom's. And eventually, they they got married and had had their own family. But so we were friends, you know. I grew up with their kids. I could tell always cared about me, cared about my faith, my vocation, not in an intrusive way at all, but just very supportive. And you know, was really um, always grateful to them and sort of proud that they were my my godparents because uh, they did play a big part in in my life. Not not every day, but consistently you know, through the year and, and over the years. So I, I just really encourage those who have been invited to serve in, in that role to think that sh- that you really can have an influence, not so much in making your godchild do something, but encouraging them to be the people that they're called to be and encouraging their response to the Lord at various stages of, of their life. So I have to say I enjoyed my godparents when I was a kid. I enjoyed them as an adult. And my godmother particularly lived to a, an old age. She just died several years ago. So it, it was I would say a very fruitful and positive relationship in in my life and and I think it can be uh, for others too.
0: We'll return to why it matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas in just a moment. Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts, which is a 5 on 1 C3 fully tax-deductible nonprofit organization dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. Discerning Hearts creates engaging multimedia specializing in podcasts and radio broadcasts, faithful to the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church and its rich, authentic spiritual tradition. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission and if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to support our efforts. We charge nothing for any of the programs that are available on Discerning Hearts, and our outreach is literally to the world. Please tell a friend about Discerning Hearts and either download our free apps, which are available at iTunes and Google Play stores, or visit discerninghearts.com.
1: to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.
0: We now return to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas again that dynamic of relationship we've been baptized into a relationship with God and it's expressed by those relationships the godparents the grandparents the, the aunts the uncles but also the parish community that that is it's hard for young parents i think sometimes because you're so consumed with taking care of the needs of the kids that it can be such a benefit that a parish can offer in support if they open themselves up to that, by becoming members and engaged in their parish. Parishes matter, don't they?
1: Well, they do. And I think we expect the parish, it's the parish's responsibility, to welcome new members but then support them, You know, ha- help them find a place where they can, can flourish. When an infant is baptized, it's not a private moment for the kid or for the family, uh, but it's a it is an important moment for them, certainly, but it's also an important moment for the whole church, for the parish community. Many parishes will celebrate baptism during the during a Sunday mass. It causes some prisoners to grumble because it takes a little bit longer, but it's a beautiful truth that that's being expressed, both for the child and it's good for us to witness it. Because as I said, we we are baptized. It's not something that just happened once and it, we're done with it. But it's a it's a way for the parish to explicitly welcome and in a sense take responsibility for supporting and nurturing the faith of that uh, child and and supporting the parents. And they have the primary role to to do that, to raise the child in the faith, but nobody's meant to do it in isolation. It doesn't work in isolation.
0: Yeah, you know, I've seen the just the beauty of those relationships that when families are experiencing wonderfully Great times, new times, that you have a community that celebrates with you, a pastor that journeys with you, but also in those times when we don't understand it, those tragic times. Maybe, God forbid, the the sudden loss of a parent, uh, a mother, uh, or there is a child that's lost, whatever that might be, be, whatever that might be. The consoling and the love that a parish can aid in that family—it's it, priceless.
1: So it's always tragic, you know, when as you say when there's a sickness or or a sudden death or something, and and when the parishioners kind of look around with a puzzled expression that we're not sure exactly who they're talking about. When so there's a, a huge missed opportunity there, both for the those who are experiencing difficulty to to benefit from the relationship in the parish, but also for the other parishioners to. Come to their support, which so many people are ready to do, if if there is some relationship there already established. It's an aspect of of the baptismal reality and the baptismal vocation that again is worth reflecting on. That once we have been incorporated into the body of Christ and into the community of believers, there's something that's offered to us truly, but also something that's that's expected. That we have a care for one another as we would for for brothers and sisters in in our nuclear family. In the Lord's plan for our salvation, he's established the church so that we encounter him in that context. And normally, one or two exceptions perhaps, we don't celebrate the sacraments at home in a very private setting. They're done in the church. Again, the the building itself representing the living church into which we have been incorporated in baptism and in which we live and, and thrive on our pilgrim journey throughout our lives.
0: That's why that action uh, of bringing the child to the church is it, not just for that one moment. It, bring them back the next week. Bring them back every all those opportunities. because, And if the parish can be accepted, because that can be a struggle for young families, and they have one, two, maybe they have three or four children, and they, they feel, oh, this it's too difficult to come to Mass. It's incumbent upon a parish to say, it's okay, bring those babies in they belong here too. They're members.
1: Yeah, and we have, the the community has various ways of signaling their support and and their welcome. I'm not a parent, of course, and so I can just imagine that if you have two or three small kids, everything's difficult. And every day is a challenge and, and trying to juggle all those responsibilities. But when parents have brought the child for baptism and have asked for that uh, incorporation of the child into the, into the community of believers and into a, per, a particular parish, they are saying that we want to be an active part of, of this group. You know, we as the parents, our kids, everybody, each of us in our own way. And it's good for parents to reflect on that. And as we're preparing parents for the baptism of their child to sort of help them look into the future a little bit and and see this is both what's offered but also what's expected, not as a burden but uh, as part of the, the life that you're saying you want for yourself and for your children. What becomes a burden, frankly, is that when a a young person grows up knowing that they have been baptized, but they haven't really been introduced to Jesus. And they somebody's saying, you know, you have obligations as, as part of the Catholic community, part of the Catholic Church, but they don't see why. They, something Something should be asked of them when they don't understand it, they don't value it. So it's really not fair, you might say, for parents to bring their children for baptism without the real commitment to allow them to grow in the faith as the parents themselves grow. The family really does that, does that together in the context of the parish, so with, with parish providing all kind of accompaniment and resources to, to help with the faith formation and the pilgrimage of faith to help the family with that. But um, there has to be the decision to, to participate.
0: That really Im- implies a, an important exploration of the, of the heart of the parent with mother father a- and as a couple where are we are we just repeating what was always done in the family or we're going to need to draw on those graces that we receive to be able to raise this because what we're about to say yes to and all and we'll explore this more in the right those are profound things for this life that we've been entrusted with
1: we hope it's ha- happened at the time of Preparation for marriage and the celebration of marriage, but it certainly there's another opportunity, the time of a baptism of a child, to hear, again, the invitation of Jesus come to him and to be his disciples and to be his friends. The sacramental life of the church is intended for disciples of Jesus. It's not the sacraments aren't prizes that we get for being perfect or achieving a certain level. Uh, the, the Lord knows we're sinners in the, the, the sacraments and the other uh, aspects of life in the church are, are offered to us because they're helpful to us and help us grow and uh, be reconciled and help us uh, thrive. So I think we can do a better job as uh, parishes in the preparation, the, the formation of couples for marriage but also for in anticipation of the baptism of our children. Not that we want them just to jump through hoops, but we care about them for their own sake. And we know that, that the Lord loves them. We want them to to know that too and to experience it. And not to just have an intellectual sense that you know Jesus loves me, but to really know that He's on our side, that He wants to be with us and everything, he wants to be a member of our family, he wants to be a part of our household. And that we love that knowledge so much that we want our children to know and experience that too. We do take on responsibilities, but <clears throat> it, that those responsibilities become not only manageable, but delightful, we might say. Challenging, but delightful, b- because they're part of this relationship that we now have with Jesus. And we experience his care for us. And if, if we bring a child for baptism, we know that that means life in Christ is being offered and given to that child as well. And and we know in our own lives what that's meant to us. It's meant everything. It's given our lives Whole new direction, and and so that's the experience uh, of life that we want our children to have.
0: As the the parents are coming through those doors, the church wants to know who is this that you're bringing in? What's his name? What's her name? And the parents, in a very real way, are presenting to the whole church, to the to the mystical body that wants to know this child. Naming a child is so important. I, I think sometimes we we don't. Appreciate how valuable it is.
1: It must be fun as a parent to to choose a name uh, for a child. The child has uh, you know identity and uniqueness in God's plan already, but not a name until until the parents give him or or her a name. But but as we inquire about the child's name at the, in the baptismal rite, it's a reminder of a couple things, many things maybe, but but a couple of, that this child is unique. So our church is going to be changed by the incorporation of this new individual into the body of Christ. There's never been anybody like this in the whole history of the church going all the way back to Pentecost. And so this is a gift that God is giving not only to the nuclear family, to the parents, but also to the family of the church and, and of the parish. So you're right, we do want to get to know who is this and, and what who is this gift that, that is being given to us, is enriching us now already, but will continue to enrich us by his or her living the faith uh, going forward. It's also an opportunity to reflect that God is calling This person, this unique individual by name, and that God knows him or or her and is putting his own mark, establishing a relationship with this child as an individual. So even though maybe there's 12 babies being baptized at a particular moment, each one is a unique manifestation of God's love and God's invitation, and each one will will have an impact on on the life of the church in, in a unique way.
0: I just from our own experience, Bruce and I, we have three children, and the first uh, we named her Laura Marie, because Laura is the name of Bruce's sister, and I have great love for her and wanted her to feel a connection to her aunt. And but I also the name Marie was to bring in Mary, it, but at that time we we didn't. I don't think I fully appreciated what the connections mean. So when we had our son he was michael joseph we connected him hopefully in a relationship with saint michael and of course with saint joseph that's a, a tradition of the church and somehow bringing in one of those the cloud of witnesses to maybe accompany your child as well
1: it's a beautiful tradition it reminds us that we when we're baptized we're incorporated into the communion of saints the communion of saints delights in uh, this new member we often choose a a name that is connected with a heavenly patron or patroness uh, for our child so that we can sort of encourage that familial connection even more deeply. And, uh, you know, as the child grows up, he or she can decide if they uh, really want to cultivate a devotion to that particular saint, but I think often we do. And in any case, we count on the, the prayers and the intercession of those who have gone before us in faith.
0: You know, as they forward again there's going to be many questions that are asked of the parents and the godparents and one of those is one because it's a part of the liturgy make it lost but it's it is a substantial question of the parents do you understand fully what you're asking and sometimes we'll say the parent will say yes but it's also incumbent upon the parish is it not and and the priest that's involved to have established a way for those to make sure that they have the opportunity to learn and to grow so they do understand.
1: Uh, you're right, and we, we can't take that for granted. These days, especially when we have a number of wonderful parents who may not have been catechized or may not have had the opportunity to be formed in the faith themselves, our parishes have to be conscious of their responsibility, but also of, of providing a way in for those parents and and for that families so there's, that there's a path of discipleship. If they haven't been on it already, they can begin it. And there are mentors and disciples in the parish already, along with the the pastor, the deacons, others who who can you know assist them on that journey. That we don't just say you know sort of applaud at the, on the day of baptism and say we're glad to have you, but then really don't help and help in some practical ways for for people who would be open to taking the next step on their journey of faith if they could see what it was and someone could help light the way for them.
0: We'll continue our conversation on the rite of baptism in our next episode. You've been listening to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas.